Paul told the church at Rome, God shows his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The ultimate expression of love. How great is our God.
We're so excited to have um, Pastor Arthur Shepherd sharing the message a little bit uh, today as part of our Psalms series. He's going to be in Psalm 121, and the title of his message, as he sent it to us earlier this week, was God of Wonders. And I thought, I know Psalm 121. I wonder where he's, where he's getting that, that title. Because verse 1 says, I look to the hills. From where does my help come from? But then if you continue on, I look to the hills. My help comes from the maker of heaven and earth. And that's where he's going to lead us today in the scriptures. Um, but we get to sing a couple of verses that come straight from that psalm here with this next song. Psalm 121. Where does my help come from? I lift my eyes. My help comes from the Lord lift up my eyes. If, if this is your first time here today, we're so glad you're here to enter into worship of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the one who died for mankind, that we might be saved and, and get to know God the Father. So we're so glad you're here, and as we get to continue to worship, uh, please know that you're so welcome in this place, and we're, we're really excited to introduce you, perhaps, to our good God, the one who is the maker of heaven and earth.
beauty of that song in the midst of our psalm series is there were tons of psalms right there that we just sang. So beautiful to sing the scriptures together. Amen? Amen. You may be seated, and kids can head off to kids' ministry. We'll see you later, guys. Good morning. Welcome to Grace Church. My name is Dennis Fay. I am one of the elders. Wow, it is sunny outside. Is there an amen? amen. Oh, yes, yes. I love a sunny, sun I love every Sunday, but I love a beautiful sunny Sunday. Hey, good morning again. Glad that you are here. If this is your first time visiting Grace, thank you. We love guests. And we, when I say we, the church and the leadership, uh, we want to welcome you. We want to minister to you in any way possible. So if this is your first time uh, visiting, or even if you're online watching for the first time, take out your cell phone and just um, uh, text welcome to 301-756-1411. This will prompt you to put your email address in. And the reason we want your email address is we just want to minister to you, ask you if we can pray for you. Trust me, we will not hound you. We just want to love on you well. So, also, if you're new, uh, we have a special gift for you as you leave the service. Take a right out in the foyer, go to our information desk, and we have a special gift just for you. Uh, we also uh, put out a weekly email called the Grace Connect. This has a lot of good information on it, uh, prayer requests, uh, things we're doing. Uh, it, it, it's super. You want to get it. You want to read it. Uh, if, you're, if you're not getting it, just uh, text CONNECT to 301-756-1411 and you will receive it. Also, of course, if you'd like to give online, many of you like to do that, you can text GIVE, same phone number, or we have boxes out in the back where you can just drop your offering in. Regardless, we, we, we thank you for your generosity. We thank you for your ministry here at Grace. Well, uh, at the conclusion of our service this morning, maybe 10, 12 minutes after we're done, we will have a family business meeting. Uh, should be a really exciting meeting. And I really mean it. Uh, we have a really uh, cool budget uh, we want to propose to you. We'll take a look at this past year. And also just give you some updates on, on where we're going and to include the uh, pastor search. Uh, so I hope you stick around for it uh, about 10 minutes or so after we conclude. Um, does anyone follow the local Christian radio station, WGTS? All right. Yeah, amen. All right. Um, the um, radio personality, Jerry Woods, will be here on Tuesday. When I say here, actually out in the parking lot, uh, the WGTS van will be here from 10 in the morning to 6 in the evening, handing out their stickers. But we, the church and school, we're going to be out there with Jerry, uh, just handing out our information. Uh, we created a really cool uh, sheet of paper, just good information on the church. The school will have their information. You know what? If you want to come out and hang out with us, we would love that. I think Elizabeth Schaefer's actually uh, created a, a schedule. Uh, see Elizabeth, but come out for an hour or two, hang out with Jerry, and just meet the folks who are coming to our facility just to say hello, and let's just love on them a well for a while. That's this Tuesday at 10 a.m. All right, guys, next week, first Saturday of the month means pastor's prayer breakfast. 
right? Men's prayer breakfast. Love to have you be a part of this. We start at 9 a.m. Trust me, we have a wonderful breakfast. You will eat well. We'll pray even better. Uh, we normally start at 9. We'll finish around 1030. Love to have you come out. Bring your sons. Bring your grandsons. Just a really cool time of breaking bread together and praying. Uh, love for you to be a part of that. That is next Saturday. Uh, and finally, um, for those of you who have um, young teenagers, um, basically sixth grade through high school, uh, our, Grace, our Grace Students Ministry, they're going to King's Dominion on July 5th. That's their annual trip to July, uh, King's Dominion. If you would like to register your children, please uh, give Stacy Buell a call. You can't see her because she's down at the beach right now. But if you text her or call her, uh, she will sign your kids up. It's just a great day of adventure and hanging out with our youth group. Wow, that's kind of cool. Let's take a moment now and let's just pray. Would you bow with me? Thank you. Our gracious and heavenly Father, we thank you for the blessing of coming together. As we gather together this morning in your house of worship, may it be our delight as well as our responsibility to worship you in the fellowship of your church. Prepare us now in mind and spirit to worship and just tune our hearts into as we sing and as we pray and as we listen to your word. May we praise you. Uh, may our praise, may our worship uh, truly be authentic, but most importantly, may you be well pleased and may you be glorified. We thank you and praise you for this incredible time of gathering together with your family. Lord, we, we, we love you and we thank you for what you are doing in this church. We thank you for the ministries uh, you've allowed us to have. We thank you for those who, who serve so faithfully. Uh, Lord, we just pray that you'd continue to put your hand upon this church. But most importantly, Father, I pray that as we, we move into this, this crazy day, help us to have an urgency of proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. May we proclaim who you are. May we walk out of here singing, dancing, shouting your name because you are worthy of all praise. And Lord, we, we, we thank you this morning for uh, uh, Brother Arthur. I, I thank you for this man of God. I pray for his message. Uh, I pray, Lord, that his message would truly penetrate our hearts and that we would leave here uh, a little differently. But Father, also I pray for all those here this morning who may be struggling with an illness or, or may be dealing with a, a finite, uh, financial crisis or, or uh, whatever it is, Lord, a spiritual issue. Lord, I pray, we pray, we pray, Lord, that you would touch their bodies, touch their hearts, touch their soul. I pray, Lord, that you would heal, you would comfort, you would encourage. And Lord, we thank you because we know that's what you do, because you are a great, great God. We love you, we praise you, and we commit this service to you. Once again, be glorified, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
Good morning. Man, oh man. Hallelujah. Our God reigns. How great is our God. How great is our God. Good to see you this morning. You know, in the uh, last few weeks, as the entirety of the elders and pastors are going through this sermon series of Psalm, I, I tell you what, in the studies and the time with it, the greatness of God shows up every time. His greatness, his, his omniscience, his power, his salvation, his eternal being, his attributes of holiness and love, they show up all over the place. Title of my day's message, today's message is God of Wonders. And it reminds me of that song. I couldn't get it out of my head the last couple weeks. God of Wonders, beyond our, that galaxy, you are holy. He's holy and loving. And see, in the Psalms, you'll find God's continual care for his people and his world on the basis that he created the world. Creation matters. Did you know that? Who created the world matters. Creation is a theological issue, not a scientific one. God was the only one who was present at the time of creation. God's word, the theological source of creation, God's word is always has truth and reality no matter the subject. So we're going to get to that today. Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Do you believe that? Do you? Do you believe the scripture? Children of God do believe the scripture. The authoritative word of God. But look, here in any local church, all too, gives you room for doubts. You know that. But our doubts people of God should only be to affirming what God is, not trying to disprove him. Our role in scripture is to seek God's best for our lives on his terms, not our own. So are you with me now? You sure? I like it. Well, let's go to the scripture then. Let's go to Psalm 121, and we're going to read all verses 1 through 8 here. We are. We are. Promise. No. I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm your day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both when, now, and forevermore. You know, in these Psalms, creation is throughout them. And I'm going to just go over a few real brief with you. And then we'll get to our subject matter for the day. So let's go to Psalm 74:12. Here, it talks about him being our salvation and our redeemer. 
through creation. But God is my king from long ago. He brings salvation on earth. Don't know. This day is yours and yours also the night. You established the sun and the moon. It was you who set all the boundaries of the earth. You made both summer and winter. Our God is our Savior, Creator God. He also is our helper. You can see that in Psalm 124, 8 as being our helper. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. You also find him as our form of worship through creation. Psalm 33, 6 and 9. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. Their starry hosts by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the water of the sea into jars. He puts the deep into storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him. Let all the people worship him. For he spoke, it came to be. He commanded, and it stood firm. Then our final one is how he addressed idolatry. For all the gods of the nations are idols. All other planned, purpose gods other than the one true God of Scripture is an idol. But our God, your God, right? Our God made the heavens. Why does, so I ask the question to each of you, why does creation matter so much? And does it? Sure it does. How it all began has a lot to do with how all it's going to end and what's in between, doesn't it? If we don't get creation right, we won't get anything right, will we, when it comes to God, the creator of the universe? And then furthermore, you won't be able to trust the scriptures. Our God, the one true God, creator God, he created a temporal earth out of nothing. Second is what we're going to talk about. He also created a new heart in all those who believe. Then he's coming again to create a new heaven and a new earth without sin and perfect. So let's talk about this creation. And I go to one of my favorite pastors. His name is Adrian Rogers. He's, he's no longer living amongst us, but I, I still look at him a little bit from time to time. Excellent preacher. He reminded me that the ancient cultures didn't always see the earth as being suspended in space. It wasn't until 1543 A.D. that Copernicus realized that, made the statement that it did, that it was hung in space and then it was round. If you remember the ancients of old, the, the Egyptians believed the earth was supported by pillars. Can you see that picture? You've seen that before. Ancient Greeks thought it was carried by Atlas. Hindus held that it was resting on the back of giant elephants standing on a tortoise, uh, standing on a coiled serpent in this stream of water, cosmic sea. So how did Job, how did Job, comes thousands of years before them, understand that the earth is hanging in nothing? Well, it was by divine inspiration. It was theological. Here we have it, Job's 26, 7. He spreads out, our God spreads out the northern skies over empty space. He suspends the earth 
over nothing. Job got it right, didn't he? Thousands of years ago. But I want to talk to you about another man that he's not in Scripture. But some of you might remember this name, especially if you're my age, you certainly will. Named Chuck Colson. You remember him? Born in 1931, lived until he was 81 years old and died in 2012. He was a commissioned officer in the Marines. And matter of fact, Chuck, he was, at that time, was the youngest captain, promoted to captain at that time in the Marine Corps. He went off into law school, and then in, at the age of 38, he was appointed as a special counsel for then-President of the United States, Richard Milhouse Nixon. But then the debacle of Watergate got him. It did. It sent him to jail. He lost his law license, and he had to start all over. And start all over, Chuck did. He did. He, as most of you know, he started the prison fellowship ministry. After being in jail, he said he couldn't turn his back on that type of living anymore. His uh, privilege and power didn't see all that, but now it did. And he, in repentance and in humility, turned to God and said, I need a Savior and Lord. And he stayed with that ministry until his death. But in his book, Born Again, here's what Chuck wrote and things he had to say. He he was on a journey to Christ. He was on a journey. And some of you in here today might be on a journey where you, you want to step in, but you just don't know how to step in. You don't, you don't know what's on the other side. You, you might be saying, what am I giving up? You might be saying to yourself, is it real? Is scripture true? I believe. I believe science has all the answers. Whatever's there, you just don't want to step over, and there's a journey. But God's calling you. That's why you're here today. He's calling you to come to him. Did you know that? But there Chuck was as a Marine. He was on a, uh, a deck of the USS Millette out there on the coast of Guatemala. Tough assignment. But here's what he said. That night, I suddenly became as certain as I have ever been about anything in my life that out there in the starlit beyond was God. I was convinced that he rules over the universe, that to him there were no mysteries, that somehow he kept it all miraculously in order. In my own fumbling way, I prayed, knowing he was out there. The maker of heaven and earth is the one true God of Scripture. He's creator God who created the world matters. He is the maker of heaven and earth. It's in him who we trust. But other than being the creator of the world, I've already spoken to you, our God creates a new heart in those that believe. Believers here, do you sense there's a new heart inside of you? Do you like the new heart or do you like the old self? Come on, I'm, I'm a, matter of fact, I'm going to have a raise hands here. No, I'm not going to do that to you. Because how many of you like your old self? Really? Ask your spouse if they like your old self. Creator God. Who else could do that when you think about it? Who else, other than the ones that began it and started, our creator could create a new heart in you and in me, young people, no matter their background? Second chance, third, fourth, and fifth chance. But even before creation and the fall of Adam, it was God's plans. It was God's plans 
place a new heart in those who believe. See, you why? See, that old sinful heart would not, could not, and will not make God its priority. Sometimes it appears that way. We get off to a good start. We think we're heading there. But once we, even after we come to Christ, it requires a new heart for us to fellowship with God. That's why he said you must be born again and in an effort or trying. There has to be something brand new inside. So I ask you the question, who's going to extract that old heart and put in a new one? The smartest amongst us, the most religious, the richest maybe can do it. How about the most popular? Top-ranked surgeon in the country or around the world maybe could do it. Philosophy, could it do it? How about Indian guru Maharishi Yogi? While striving in transcendental meditation, could he make a new heart for us? Or can you say with me, I lift my eyes to the mountains. I know where my new heart comes from. I know where my new heart comes from. I know where my new heart comes from. Don't ever look back. God gave you that new heart for power, purpose, change, love, seeing the best in one another, caring for one another, serving in his church, serving in his community. The new heart's yours. Don't look back. But see, but over 500 years before Christ Jesus, the prophet Ezekiel, he makes several references to a new heart. Here it is in Ezekiel 36, 26. Here's what he said. The Lord, the Lord was speaking here. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. How many of you like a new spirit to go with that new heart? Some of you might need a new spirit. Come on. I, I will remove from your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Why did the Israelites need a new heart? Even as God's people, they were rebelling against God. And guess what? And they knew about it. But they were fronting. They were saying, God, why are we in this circumstance? Don't we owe better as aren't owed better as children of God than to be in this situation with the Babylonians on top of us, oppressing us, overruling us, enslaving us? They were broken and afflicted in any and every conceivable way, deserving punishment and judgment. But God decided to show mercy, didn't he? Has God ever shown you mercy, grace? The author, the maker in the heavens and the earth, he is the designer of grace. Grace flows through him flows out of him to you, to me. That way we offer grace to any situation or any person we come in contact with, the maker of heaven and earth. Second Corinthians 5, 17. Let's go ahead there. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. Can anybody be glad about that? Come on. God, God through his son places a new heart in us. This new heart is a fantastic. 
Once we get the rhythm that a new heart is inside of us, you are empowered to do anything for Christ's sake. You no longer have to be in the B seat. You no longer have to think that you can't do it or you don't want to do it. I don't have the ability to do it or I'm too tired to do it. A new heart drives us past that. And then you know what it does? What I thought about? It gives us joy in obeying God. Obeying God is not a task anymore. We don't look at serving God, being a part of God as something we have to do. We look at it as something we get to do. First Colossians 1, 15 to 16. The Son, the Son of God is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. And it goes on to say, in all things, through him all things are held together. The promised Messiah the Son of God is the firstborn over all creation, the rule over creation, giving a new heart to those who believe. It's not an Old Testament myth that you think is old and drags out. That was the promise of God from the beginning. Already talked about Moses in Deuteronomy. And now here it is in 2 Corinthians. The new has come, the old is gone, and it's meant for every one of you that believe. And for you that are on the outside looking in, it's for you too if you come to Christ. No one else can create a new heart in us but the Creator. There's no one like Him. Let's go a step further. Create our world. Create a new heart. But now, creates a new heaven, a new earth. When God put that into Scripture, He announces that He's come on earth to live with us and fellowship with us and make all things new. There will be no separation between us and God in a new heaven and new earth. So as we're, we're coming down the home stretch, let, us, let me remind you of something here. What do we know about the maker in heaven and earth who we should gladly run to for our help? Is there anywhere else you run to for your help? If you are, you're getting seconds. You know that. The maker of heaven and earth is our helper. He's our all in all. There is no one like him. Remind you, he created the universe, made each one of us in his image. The entire humanity across the nations was made in God's image. He placed a new heart in those that believe, in many of you and me, allowing us to find joy in our obedience and service to him. What a treasure and blessing that is. A new heaven and new earth for all those that believe, all things brand new. Let's go to that, Revelation 21, 1 to 4. And John writes here, and they saw a new heaven and new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. 
I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be with their God. What a great promise that is. What a great promise. The new earth, and you know this, will be free from sin, evil, sickness, suffering, and death. Be free from all of that. What you're praying for now in this earth that's not your home. It will be similar to our current earth, but without the curse of sin. How many of y'all prayed lately for sin to be eradicated, minimized in our country, in our world? One day it's all going to be there. We no longer have to pray for that. It will be earth as God originally intended. It will be Eden restored. A new heaven, a new earth. Let me just go real briefly here with that timeline. When's that happening, Pastor? Arthur, when's that happening? That coming today? Not the new heaven and new earth. Now, there's many that have gone before us are waiting for that day themselves. But first of all, there's going to be the rapture of the church. The taken up before the seven-year tribulation period. Following that, it'll be the second coming of Christ when he returns in his millennial reign, thousand-year reign here on earth. There will be a final rebellion, and then Satan will have his final judgment and passed off then there will be the great white throne judgment. Those names, now listen to me carefully, those names that are not written in the Lamb Book of Life will be separated from God for all eternity. How many of you are delighted that God chose you, saved you and put a new heart in you that you can look forward to the day that you fellowship with God as he dwells on this earth. That's what he's done for us. So I ask this, with this new heaven and new, new heart, new creation that we can enjoy, do we sit as Christians, as humanity, and say, well, basically, we're owed that? Is that what we say? Because if we don't get that, is God's not God, he's not worth anything? Or is the question for us today, why does the perfect, holy, omniscient, and powerful God love us so deeply? Why? Why? See, I can't, full, I, there's no, no, I don't think anybody has time or can do it, but I know I can't feel the time or have the time to explain that great attribute of a holy and loving God. Yet if you're seeking him today, the Bible's good for his promise. If you seek me with all your heart and with the power of the Holy Spirit, you will find him. That's up to you. God's waiting on you. Yet in those attributes this week, I was reminded of a song we sang a couple weeks ago that I've listened to, sorry, Linda, a hundred times. 
because it was an old school song. And here's how it, here's that one verse goes. Now, now, now bear with me on this. I'm, oh, and I'm, no, I'm not singing it. Could we with ink the ocean fill? Imagine. And were the skies of parchment made? Were every stalk on earth a quill and everyone, the eight billion of us, were ascribed by trade? To write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. The love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong. God of wonders beyond our exact galaxy, you are holy, you are loving, you set us up to enjoy you. So here we are, getting ready to cross the finish line. A few more questions. Doesn't the God who, I mean, far exceeds the very best, deserve our best? Isn't that what worship is? God, in return for what you've done, I'm offering this to you. And in particular, he's looking for us to lay down our life for what he's done. Have you asked yourself recently, what is my very best for the maker of heaven and earth. I'm not talking about just somebody else. What is my very best for the maker of heaven and earth who created me in his image, who gave me this creation, this wonderful world we have to enjoy, who saved me, who placed a new heart in me, and is prepared to create a new heaven and new earth without the curse of sin, where I can fellowship with him forever. That's what we have today. I want to say to each of you, don't be afraid to give your very best. Sometimes that's all it is. I've noticed that in my years of ministry, lay ministry for the past 30-some years. Most of the times it boils down to fear. How do I step over? How do I do that? What if I fail? With a changed heart and the power of the Holy Spirit, you won't fail. You will not fail. God will not let you. And for if you are a believer, you have that new heart that empowers you, equips you. Hmm. And strengthens you. But what if I'm sitting here and I'm like, I can't, I haven't even crossed over to even making all this real to me. There's fear there too. You know how I know? I was one of them. What if I messed this up? I've messed it up once. What if people know who I really am? What if I have to give something up? Of all the things I did, the Lord was good to me, and he allowed me to lay them down without hurting me whatsoever. And now, like I told you, I don't look back, I don't come back, and I don't go back. The maker of heaven and earth has created something far better than my fear, 
and my stubborn, unwilling self. As we close, can, we ask, can I ask you a question? I look up to the mountains. Where does my help and my salvation come from? Answer that today. Answer that today. Does it come from the maker of heaven and earth? The God of wonders beyond our galaxy, there's no one like him. We can't dodge him. We can't sneak away from him. We can't even do it in a church. So I've heard it even said, and you may have too, some people go to a larger church because they can kind of get lost in a larger church, right? God knows our motives. The days of sne- church, I'm talking to the church family, the days of sneaking away and walking around and coming in through the side door, let them be over. Come through the front door, through the front door of the glorious God that saved you and prepared a life for you. And if you're not there yet, God's calling you today. Today's the step day to step over. Today's the day to lay it down. Today's the day to uh, let that fear go. Today's the day to find joy and peace. Today's the day to recognize that the one true God's calling you for his plan, his purpose, and for his eternity. Are you with me, church? Pray with me. Lord of heaven and earth, the maker of heaven and earth, you've established a new heart in all of us that believe. A new heart that says yes to God and no to some other things that, are, that, that don't lead us to anything but possibility boredom, uh, questions, guilt, despair, whatever it is. But you, what you have leads to joy, peace, gratefulness. A new heart does that for us. Father, we thank you now for that plan of redemption that offers a new heart to each one of us that believe. Father, we thank you for the plan that you had a, have ahead that calls a new heaven and earth where the curse of sin is wiped out, that we fellowship directly with you, that our days are long, prosperous, and good as you originally intended. Father, but yet for this short while in this temporal earth, you've left us. Not designed to see what we can get out of it or what we can get out of you, but designed so that we can be purposeful you so we can lead others to salvation. We can lead our communities to recognize who the maker of heaven and earth is so that everyone knows where to run for their help not only in circumstances but the help of the soul. Father, how I thank you for the day you called out my name. May everyone here whose name has been called, may they never ever be the same again because of that new heart that you've planted in them. And may those that are, that are fighting, skirting, the desire to come to you, but there's fear there, maybe wipe the fear from them today, that they can rejoice in the gladness of aligning with the one true God, the maker of heaven and earth. Father, I'm humbled by this time you've given me. I thank you for these here that are gracious to me. And I thank you for this church and what it's doing in this community and around the world. For the peace of God that passes all understanding, I give you thanks. And I pray this in the strong name of Jesus. Amen.
final words, Revelation 21. That's our future, church.
That is our future. Amen. And it is sealed in the palm of Christ's hand if we are in him. Amen. Oh, that's good news. That's good news. Could I ask the elders and deacons uh, who are candidates this morning to come forward? Um, we get to celebrate um, adding some leadership into our church this morning. You may be seated. Uh, whew. That's a good morning. It's a good morning. morning, Grace. Uh, for those who don't know me, I'm George Kinyanjui. I'm uh, the president of congregation. And today we are delighted to have some deacons and one elder we are going to commission. And without further ado, uh, welcome to the deacon and elder commissioning service. The word commissioning comes from the great commission given to, our, to us by our Lord Jesus Christ from Matthew 28, verse 19 through 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Good morning. I'm uh, Elder Tom Piper. And the commissioner, or the one doing the commissioning, is the Lord himself. Ephesians 4.11 says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. The commission is to equip the bride of Christ for his work. Ephesians 4.12, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Those who are being commissioned are those who are standing before you People here who have desired to serve God. And it says in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, he who desires, those who desire to serve. Also, those are qualified individuals. We see in the scripture the qualifications very clearly outlined concerning those scriptural requirements and those who you know. Those who have been serving here for some of quite a long time, and those who are members of the church, as it says in Acts 15, 22, then the apostles and the elders and the whole church decided to choose some of their own. So, do you affirm that you desire wholeheartedly to serve the Lord in this local body of believers? Yes, yes we do. And do you affirm that you have met all the qualifications outlined in the New Testament? Yes. Do you affirm that you are already serving the Lord faithfully in this church? Yes. Will the congregation please stand with us, please? Please stand and affirm by, by our prayers with us that you as a congregation commit to respect these leaders as those whom Christ has given to you, to shepherd you, that you will hold them up in your prayers faithfully, and do whatever you can to assist them in their service for the body of Christ. Say yes. yes. First Peter, 
chapter 5, verses 1 through 4. So I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed, the shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. It is our tradition as servants to give them the servant towel and a special piece of glassware to our newest elder, uh, Arthur Shepherd. Gentlemen, would you please do the honors? And your job is to continue to pray for them. So allow me to close the service in prayer. Father God, we thank you so much for these servants. We thank you for their heart. We thank you for the work that they've been doing. And we thank you in advance for the work that they will continue to do as they minister in this body. As we come together, uh, Lord, may we come together just rejoicing in your goodness. Dismiss us now with your blessings. And we pray these things in the wonderful name of Christ Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Folks, they're going to come down. Please come forward to greet them. In about 10, 12 minutes, we will kick off our family business meeting. Hope you can join us. God bless you. Have a great day. And sings my soul, my Savior.